you're listening to episode 43 of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. I'm your host, Sean Brown, and on today's episode, we have the incredible Kaya Bondurant on for today, giving you loads and loads of information and just amazing stories about her photography journey along the way. If you are a longtime listener of the podcast, I just want to say thank you so much for subscribing and listening and all of that stuff and tuning back in. That just means that we're hitting on the right type of content that you all really love to listen to and and is ultimately helpful to your business. If you haven't hit the subscribe button already, please consider doing that. We love making sure that you will get all sorts of content, even when episodes are not published over to YouTube or the podcast. We want to make sure that you always are able to gather as much information from our podcast as you possibly can, because we are in the business of helping you grow your business as a senior photographer and enlighten you with a ton of other photographers' experiences because we're all in this boat together. And that's ultimately why we started the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. I want to introduce you to Kaya really quick. Kaya is based in the Kansas City area, and she has been doing photography for a long time and really has mastered the craft, not only on the film side, but also on, or not only on the digital side, but also on the film side. And she has built up a really great volume, uh, mid to high volume senior photography business, doing about 120 seniors a year. And she has really transitioned from going high volume of upwards of like, she said like 400 sessions a year down to this. And a lot of what she's learned along the way system she's put in place and just her journey and path I think is going to be really inspiring to you all. She's also been named the Kansas Photographer of the Year and also the National Senior Photographer of the Year and she's been has earned her master's and her craftsman for the Professional Photographers Association of America which is incredibly difficult and renowned if you all know anything about that. So without further ado I'm so excited to dive into this podcast where we cover an array of topics. We touch on a little bit about what we think is to come after kind of this post-COVID-19 world since at the time of airing this we're still very fresh and very new into that. We also touch on the senior photography experience, why she feels the need for senior photography, and really what she as a photographer works to do with her seniors and just a ton of other business and photography tidbits. So without further ado, cannot wait to get you into this episode, episode 43 of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Brown, once again. I know you're probably tired of hearing my voice, but we've got a new guest on today. We've got Kaya Bondurant from Kansas City, who runs Bondurant Studios, who is an absolutely phenomenal senior portrait photographer who's been in the game and knows what she's doing. I'm just stoked to have her on here and get her insight on a bunch of different topics today that I know are going to be so beneficial and helpful to guiding you in your journey. So welcome to the podcast, Kai. 
Thank you. It's very fun to be on. And uh, we just met uh, like a week or two ago and talked and um, it was a pretty, pretty intense conversation. I was like, okay, tell me this, tell me this, tell me this. So I'm excited to be on the other side of it today. Thank it's awesome. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, you run your own podcast. So you're used to yes. being on the other side of the, of the mic, being the interviewee yes. and now you get, or interviewer and now you get to be the interviewee. Yes. So. Yeah. I like both for sure. Uh, our podcast from nothing to profit I do with my friend Matt Hoagland and we don't do it video because he's in Colorado and I'm in Kansas City. And so this is a fun experience to do video. I, I think this will be fun. Yeah. So if you're listening on, on the podcast, we also do it on YouTube. So if you want to see our faces then you actually get to see our conversation. So it's a very uh, high tech virtual Zoom call for, for our podcasts. But <laughs> Very so fancy. Yes, we're very fancy here. So, <laughs> super stoked to have you on here. For those who don't know you or want to learn a little bit more about you, tell us about kind of who you are, what you do, and just kind of your, you know, what you've done for the last, you know, however many years. <laughs> You're trying to be careful. So my seven word uh, description of myself, uh, that we did that this a long time ago, like take, take a sentence, a seven word sentence and describe yourself. And mine is ready to be an eccentric old woman. So I love the idea of like Iris Apfel or, you know, the older you get, especially for women, the crazier you can dress and the, the more like outspoken you can be and everyone's just like, oh, she's eccentric. So that's who I am. So I don't mind, you know, uh, celebrating the fact that I've been doing what I've been doing for a long time. Um, but I can, I can. So I went to college uh, to be um, a missionary and I did Spanish and uh, secondary education and uh, Spanish education. So that was what I did as a degree. Um, and I got married and my husband is a pastor. And then I started working uh, for my mom while I was in college and she had just started a photography business. So it was right at the very beginning and uh, I was helping in the business. So I just didn't actually photograph. I just did sales and I did framing. And, uh, then when I graduated from college, I realized that I did not want to teach. And my husband and I lived in downtown Kansas city. So we did inner city missions work with kids. Um, a lot of them were kids who had, uh, um, emigrated from uh, Eritrea, which is part of Ethiopia, and from Kenya. And so we, we did missions work down there. So it was a, um, some, someone needed a job. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't want to teach. I, I student taught and I was like, yeah, I was bored in school. Why would I you know, <laughs> do that? And so I told my mom who had the photography studio and she just started it a year before. Um, I said, I think I want to do this. So she sent me to a week long class with Larry Peters, if anyone knows who he is. And uh, Darty Hines worked for mm -hmm. him. Um, and uh, I went to that class and I looked around at all the photographers and back then, I'm, I'm sure there are photographers like that now, but they were wearing socks with sandals, which is cool now, but was It's like, the, yeah, I was about then. to say, that's like <laughs> high trends up in the Pacific Northwest here. Yeah, and suspenders. And I was looking around and I was like, huh, I think I could actually be a photographer. So I came home and my mom handed me a camera and booked me full, like five shoots a day. And then a week later when we got the film back, she handed me a light meter because <laughs> <laughs> I was like overexposing and underexposing everything. I didn't know what I was doing. And I like, I, I shot like probably 300 sessions that summer. We had a, um, you know, the business just blew up when uh, she first started. We were doing um, 
photography that was so different. Like back then everyone was like leaning on styrofoam numbers and, you know, like studio backgrounds. And we were doing like, we were using Victoria's Secret poses, not this, not to be sexy, but like, you know, just that type of posing. Yeah, just to be new and different. Yeah. yeah, well, just that's where we were getting our ideas and then doing them like in their outfits and going outside. It was like totally groundbreaking. Um, and so I learned really fast and that's kind of where I started. And then we went digital 20 years ago with phase one and capture one, $80,000 investment and two cameras, which, you know, this baby is way better than those were. <laughs> and so we made that transition and, um, and kind of, a, I, I moved, um, my husband took a job in another city. And so I moved away. It's kind of in the same Kansas city area, but, but you know, like almost an hour away. And I started my own business eight years ago. So I've had a really big businesses and shooting, you know, 400 seniors a year. And now I do, I've re, uh, kind of started my business and, uh, did 120 last year. So yeah. So, and for a lot of those listening, that's 120 is still, that's volume right there. I know. And it's so weird because I only work like two to three days a week. Um, I have, uh, I have assistants and then I have a really great studio manager who also shoots. And, uh, so I feel like I'm lounging around all the time, you know, I'm like, ah, I'm only shooting eight sessions this week. You know, like it, if I feel like I'm laying around, you know, not really doing anything, but yeah. So let's let's talk about the difference between why you maybe wanted to transition from, you know, that 400 or even just maybe a shift in the industry that you saw that you really wanted to kind of move into this different market. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny cuz people be they talk about IPS, right? And um and it's like yeah, a big For those who don't know what IPS is, in person. Oh, I would go in there. Yeah, yeah. In-person sales. And so it was uh before uh we did in-person sales, we gave everyone a proof and the proof cost a dollar a piece, you know? So if you, they got 24 proofs that cost me $24 plus my time just right there off the bat. And so we switched over to in-person sales with digital net or with the negatives, you know, putting them up on the screen. And, um, and so when we did that, we lost clients, you know, each time that you, uh, make make a rule you know we weren't sending out the proofs anymore you know kind of like we weren't putting up online for people and so we lost clients so each step that we were making our um taking it to a higher end experience we would lose volume and then we'd have to you know regain that volume so we never said oh i don't want to shoot as much which that's kind of trendy and and cool to be able to do but to me if more people want to give me more money i want to figure out how to make it work and just streamline the process rather than cut it down. I, I don't feel that need. I like more is more and maybe some more on top of that, you know, like <laughs> it's my personal style. It's how I like to do life. Um, and so uh, when during the recession in 2008, our numbers dropped because really the middle class stopped coming, you know, and so we always, you know, we, we kept the high end, but not that middle um, so it's kind of sad, you know, now I don't know when this will air, but um, I think that the, there's going to be some middle people dropping out again. Let's talk about that a little because, okay. yeah, because we are, you know, we're still in kind of this COVID-19 era yes, yes, where right. we don't necessarily know when or how hard, you know, when the economy is going to bounce back slash how hard it's been truly hit. Yes. Um, And so I think you are right in that we are going to see a lot of shifts in 
what you said that middle. So kind of go over what you saw back in 2008 and maybe what you think is going to happen here in 2020. Well, so one of the things that was most interesting in 2008 is before that happened, the seniors would come in and they would buy like four or five big wall framings. And, you know, they were, we would, everything we would suggest, they would just buy it. The seniors wanted it. They were like, oh my gosh, yes, you need to buy me all of this. And then after that, they came in and they were like, no, no mom, I don't want you to spend that much. You can't buy that. That's embarrassing. You know, that conspicuous consumption was super in and then it went out. Um, And I feel like we've, we were coming back toward it. My seniors were pushing, they wanted more stuff. They were used to having money poured into them with their, you know, competitive cheer and competitive dance and all their activities. And they were getting nice cars and branded clothing. And so we've worked really hard to make our senior brand, which is style music magazine, uh, to make that brand a, like, you know, the, the designer brand of senior photography in our area. And so we're really going for those kids who are like, let's, you know, let's buy everything, mom. I want it all. And so I think that they're uh, the, maybe in a year or two years, I, it might be an immediate reaction, but I think that the kids are going to be seeing, you know, the struggle or be affected by it. And that's going to be harder uh, to harder to sell because the parents are used to listening to their kids. Gen Z parents and millennial parents want to make their kids happy. Yeah. So well, and it's interesting that you kind of saw that shift in 2008 too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. my take on it is I actually think that those on the higher end might actually be less affected because oh, yeah. yeah. And what's interesting about that is if you kind of look at, you know, yeah, unemployment numbers are up and all that stuff. But if you really truly look at the number of people that have been affected kind of at, you know, more stable, not yes. necessarily hourly jobs, which is kind of like that higher end clientele, it's been a little bit more stable than those who might be it is, but I think it's going to trickle up. <laughs> Essentially, I think if the people on the bottom don't have the money to do, you know, get the mortgages or buy the things or, yeah. go, you know, then it's Build a just new home. And, yeah. yeah. Um, but on another note, I do think that it, this is very different than just an economic recession. This is not. This is a life-changing situation. And the juniors are going to remember that their prom, that they didn't get to finish their prom. They're going to remember that they didn't get to do their track and baseball seasons. And so in the past, the kind of the nerdy kids would bring in all their stuff, you know, or the kids that were like the super achievers. But, uh, you know, to get a girl to bring in a prom dress was really hard because they're like, oh, I'm not, I I just want to wear my regular, you know, like they were, they don't, our high-end girls did not want to bring it. They would bring in their competitive cheer, but only one. They wouldn't bring in their school cheer outfit. You know, they didn't want to take pictures of all their stuff and all their activities. But now I think they're it's gonna they're gonna roll up with a car full of memories that they don't want to that they don't want to miss out on. And so I've never I have literally maybe photographed one cap and gown in my whole career. I have now it's coming. Fifteen on the books right now. They're all coming in to get their cap and gowns. It's a free session, but once we show it, it's going to be a thing, you know. So I think that nostalgia and capturing the memories, oh, it's just we're going to be able to milk that. Well, and <laughs> going off of that, 
we as some seniors, senior photos are the only thing about senior year that they got to have. I know, I know. And they are posting those babies. They are making a big deal out of it. Um, and so, yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. Um, so I think, honestly, I think I choose to be on the optimistic side of things where I think this is actually as the senior for the senior industry specifically, I think it's going to be something that's very powerful because this is what we did to capture their senior year and ultimately save it in, in some regard. Oh yeah. And they're, they've, the junior sophomores, juniors and freshmen have spent the last month on social media watching what we're doing. And so I, there it's, they're a captive audience and they're connecting with us. And if we've, I mean, I know you've been active on social media. I, I mean, I've followed a lot of senior photographers and uh, the, the, all those relationships that we've in it made that we don't even know we've made are going to make, they're going to help our business. Yeah. So, yeah I'm I don't know about you, but like even in the last like week and a half, two weeks engagement has been through the roof for just like, a photo that I would post that normally would get like half the engagement as usual. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. double because people are on their phones and they're looking to us as kind of leaders in their communities yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. Time, yeah. Something pretty and happy and entertaining. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think we can, uh, you know, in the future, I, it's, there's no question that, that, okay. So before, when I would market to seniors, I never wanted to use like the pain points. I always wanted to talk about the happy things. I don't, I don't really like pain. So I don't want to talk about anything painful, but the reality is, is they've been through something painful. So they're going to connect to that so much easier. And so I feel like using those pain points, don't miss those memories, you know, capture that. You never know what's going to come up. So get in, you know, get your session done. Boys need to capture those memories too. You know, you can't just take pictures of them in their uniform by the side of the track. Not if they don't even get a track season, you know, like, yeah, like let, let's get it all. Let's make sure we get it all. So I think we can push that button and really maximize that. Oh, totally. Yeah. What do you think is to come, let's say in the next two, three years for the industry as a whole? Well, um, I'm curious. It's one of the transitions that we've made. Um, like I think I talked about it at the very beginning, but we, you know, we used to sell all kinds of wall decor and then that, you know, that was not cool anymore. And then I, when I transitioned to having my own studio, I actually did just digital for a little while because I didn't want to mess with it. <laughs> Honestly, just a little bit of laziness. Um, and then uh, now just recently we've gone to albums. And so we um, make sure we print something for of every image that goes out of the studio. I, I had a, um, a good friend uh, pass away and uh, I could not find the digital files of the family pictures I had taken of her. Um, you know, a lot of my old hard drives from 10 years ago weren't, uh, I couldn't make them work, but she had a little album that I had printed from her. And I, I used those images to grab, to use for um, the family and the services and that kind of thing. And it, I just, it made me realize that like, it was a, such a touch point, you know, when you say things need printed, that's, you know, that's, it doesn't really connect. But when something like that happens and you think, I don't, I couldn't get to those digital files and there's no guarantee that my digital files on Dropbox are going to be there tomorrow. You know, like all of that could be gone. So we do print something for every client. And, um, I, 
uh, I think that yard signs and banners and all that stuff that they were like embarrassed to do before, they're going to go crazy about next year. I'm going to put those in my sales room and use those as bonuses next year. Yeah, let's just, the whole yard sign craze. I think that ev- I think every senior photographer who wasn't previously doing yard signs had like four or five clients text them asking if yeah. we were all of a sudden going to be offering these yard signs. I was like, what the hell is a yard sign? I know, I know. Like, look it up. Yeah. I was so mad. I so one of the things is I really do not like designing um, like uh, invitations and things like that. I've just you know, it's it's not at the the markup is not there. Um, it's, you know, you do it, then they have you change it a hundred times. I mean, I know you can set up systems and stuff, but it's still just not as fun as taking pictures. And so when those yard signs came up, I was so mad because I saw everyone's, everyone was, all the senior photographers were posting their designs. And I was like, why isn't somebody sharing this with me? (laughs) Like, and so I actually had, I gave away a design. I don't know when this will air, but if you want, we can put the freebie on, on it. Because I made a, so what we did, because I don't, I didn't want to do a $35 yard sign and have, and spend 15 minutes designing it. Like that is, I'm just not, I'm going <laughs> to, I don't I want to do something else. And so we made a $500 package that included the yard sign and included a signature print, included, a, you know, a few senior announce, uh, graduation announcements. And so we made that. And then, so if they spend $500 and I spend 30 minutes designing it, I made a lot more money on it. A little bit more. So, Worth yeah. Your time. Yeah. So if you want that, I'll give you that freebie. You can put. Yeah, uh, we'll put it in the the show notes for people yeah. who are still figuring out how to design these yard signs or using it next year. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, and introducing it into your 2021 packages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about your transition from high volume to that low volume, and in terms of maybe what you found in that process in terms of having more time, more freedom? Did you find yourself more creative? Okay. Well, um, I, I, so let me say this. I also photograph families and children. And so I've done 80, the only year I didn't shoot probably 200 sessions. Um, so I was shooting about 200 sessions for, I don't know, 10 years maybe. But then when I switched over, uh, to my own business, I did 80 that fall. And then I've done like 120 to 180 sessions. So I, I've never really done low volume like that. That wasn't a creative thing, but I'll tell you a big transition. Um, so I have four kids. My oldest is 20. My youngest is 12. And I've been a professional photographer all the way through working essentially, you know, full time supporting our family a lot of the time. And when my daughters were two and a half and five months, my nanny took them to the city to get lunch for everyone. And we lived, uh, we were in a smaller town about 40 minutes outside of the city. And she was uh, a car in front of her dropped off a piece of metal and um, she hit the piece of metal and did a, a roll over uh, car wreck. And uh, the EMTs, people saw it that I knew lots of people saw it pulled up when the EMTs pulled up, they just assumed everyone had died. Like there were all, she had bought, um, she'd gone to the store and got like these, some toys. And so it was like toys strewing the road up into this, uh, SUV that was like smashed and upside down. And she had put them in the seatbelts really, really well. We ended up being on all the TV, TV channels about how they saved their lives and being in seatbelts. My husband was, is a pastor. He was fasting and praying lunch that day, which, is when it happened, which is super crazy. But that changed things for me. 
and I was working like 50 or 60 hours. I had a nanny. They were at the studio with me. Um, and I was like, I'm done doing that. I'm done working that many hours. And so I've committed since then to essentially work two and a half hour, two and a half days a week. And that is what really changed things for me. And so, um, you know, if you, if people, so I don't work on the weekends, I don't work on evenings. I, I like to work on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and part of a Friday, like those are the days that I like to work. So I do think about my business a lot and I do work on things, but I don't go in and shoot more than three days a week. So, so as far as creativity, that's just, that's a different question. So maybe we don't have to go into that one. Yeah. Well, and well, let's touch on it. You say two and a half days a week, but your studio is probably, and you're not just open necessarily two and a half days a week because you still have editing to do. What yeah. sort of systems maybe for a photographer who's even looking, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah. who's looking to go from like, you know, 50 seniors and down to like 30 or streamline their process? What type of systems do you need to, do you feel like you need to have in place in order to maximize ultimately your efficiency? Well, I have really fantastic people that work for me. And so um, we talk about that all the time. That's just their personality. Um, I think, uh, it's so funny because I'm not a new photographer, so I've done exactly this way for 20 years. I shoot the pictures, I put them in capture one, I edit them, I move them over. I retouch them less now than I used to, which takes more time when you retouch, when you want to make it look like you're retouching less. Uh, and then I put them in a slideshow. They come in view order. And then we deliver the digital files and edit the images to go. So I like, that's my process and has always been my process. Like what we, like what we're working on more and what keeps changing is the way that we book the clients and the way we get them in. So, um, I don't know. I, I know that, that there is a streamlined process obviously because otherwise it would take me forever to do it. But I just, um, I think it'd be like very specific on the specific programs and that type of thing. Yeah. Let's shift gears away from photography a little bit. Um, what gets you going or what are you obsessed about that's not photography, photography related? Hmm. Well, I'm a soccer mom and a dance mom. So uh, for years, that's what um, we've done in the evenings, take our kids and they're in competitive sports and we love it. So we like going and watching them. And um, my, my 15 year old son is, uh, you know, right now looking at colleges and, you know, getting prepared for that. So I love that. Um, my husband's a pastor and I teach preschool classes at church and I love that. Um, I read, uh, normally like three or four books a week and then I'm super into embroidery right now. (laughs) I started in, uh, September and because my kids I don't have to run them to things as much, you know, our 18 year old and 20 year old drive themselves places. And so uh, I do that. Uh, I just kind of started it and it's like a super millennial trend. I don't know if like, it's all like, if you look on um, social media, all these millennials are posting all their embroidery and they have classes and stuff. I've seen actually a few embroidery stuff. Yeah. 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 So that's my latest uh, thing that I'm interested in. Super cool. Um, Let's talk with you being super involved with their extracurriculars. How mm-hmm. did you view senior portraits from not just a photography perspective, but from a parent perspective now that you've probably, I assume gone through kind of two iterations of 
senior photos for your own kids? I think senior portraits are too late. Are too what? Sorry, you cut out. Too late. Honestly, because kids are active in their sports and activities the most between their seventh and ninth grade years. And then they really start dropping off because you don't do, you don't do high school sports unless you are, and it, like our, our schools in the Kansas city area where we are, there are about 400 kids in the class. And so unless you're in a small town, which is what I grew up in, I played every sport and uh, got recruited for college basketball, but I'm only five, six and I can't like I, my verticals like an inch, you know? So I, I it, it Your just, verticals better than mine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I was just, I worked really hard, but I was at a super small school. So you stand out and that type of thing. I wouldn't even have played sports probably in the schools my kids are in. And so I feel sad because a lot of times the seniors come in and they're like, well, I used to do competitive soccer. I used to do cheerleading. I used to, and, and I feel sad because you're not really getting to show their, their love and their activities by the time they're a senior. So, um, both of my daughters, uh, were, did uh, soccer and dance and both of them uh, were either dropped out or not really doing it to the same extent by the time they were um, seniors in high school. So I, I don't know. That's, I haven't really thought about that before. That's just a new answer. Well, let's give you something else to think about. Where do you see a fit for photography before senior photos? Tweens? I really tried to work on it. The hard part is, is they're just so busy because they are so involved in things. And so I have clients that I photograph their kids since they're babies. And so those ones I can get in and I do that with my own kids. I just drag them into the studio and I'm like, we have to shoot this. And then I pay them $20 and then I get them ice cream afterwards so that they'll smile. A little bribe. and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had some serious bribes go on, but yeah, I'm every like year or two, I just bring them in with their sports and activities and try to get pictures of them. So I think volume is uh, such a great way to go. It's just not my personality. Not, I don't really make that happen, but yeah. What is so interesting to hear you say that you didn't, you think that it's too late where a lot of parents almost feel like it's too early for senior photos where it's like, Oh, it's just senior year. Mm-hmm. And then they go through a child or two and it's like, oh, my baby is like, you know, the youngest one is finally leaving. Like we need to capture this. And I'm sure yeah. that you've probably gotten it where they've had two or three older and didn't really see a need for senior photos. And it takes them a time or two to really catch on and realize the importance and the gravity that senior year holds. Yeah. And I think if you do a good job of making it, a, you know, connecting with the family that, uh, getting the younger siblings is way easier (laughs) than getting the first one and and educating them. It's funny, this new business, I've ended up getting the youngest a lot, which is always sad. (laughs) I'm like, really? I could have photographed all your older kids and I'm ending up getting, but the younger ones I think are the ones who say, this is what I want to do. I don't care how much it costs. You know, they're, they're, they can reach for the higher end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I almost wonder how much of a shift it is from, you know, even in one family, you can go from kind of a millennial mindset into more of a Gen Z mindset too. And you're really kind of, you know, tied in with that Gen Z. What have you seen in trends that Gen Z have really latched onto? Well, uh, they like brands. I mean, you think about it. My 15 year old son has, you know, I don't know how many pairs of tennis shoes and they, and he's very careful with them. Doesn't want them to get messed up. That's so different so different than the way it's, it's been in the, you know, 
uh, the past. And then my daughter, you know, the Lululemon, and I mean, I, the Kendra Scott, like they've obviously, those are old brands in our, in our area. They're segueing into new things, but um, yeah, brands are a big deal for sure. And so I think for a long time, being a photographer was all about being personal and uh, connecting, making it about you and the senior. And I've never been very good at that because we were a brand 15 years ago and nobody even knew who their photographer would be. It was either my mom or myself or I had a cousin that worked for us or another girl. We all had curly hair and we just acted like we were each other, you know, we're like, oh, that, you know, yeah. <laughs> we say our name really fast. I don't know who's taking their picture, but we're back to the brand. I think you can really be more of a brand and not have to be so in their face personal now. You can and that's not bad, but that's super interesting because I would almost say the opposite where I think that they are really connected with those personal brands and they want to know who personal brands. Yes. But I don't think that it has to be me. Yeah. Like, so I, ha I have employees and they run our social media and the social media, we show our faces, but it's not like it ha it's about our, our, um, the girls were photographing and about them and we're, you know, it's more about their story, not as much about us. And I don't know. I don't really like seeing old people without makeup on my Instagram stories. I'm, I'm not, not bashing anyone go for it. That's great. But that's just not, I'm like, oh, swipe, swipe, swipe. You know I mean? So I, I, I like making it about my seniors and about pretty young things so well I think that gets to the heart of it is do what you feel resonates with your yeah. own brand oh for but sure. I think that there are photographers who do it extremely well and I think that there are photographers who like you said really don't have any interest in being a part of that and they steer their brand very successfully in a completely different direction yeah yeah for sure what's been your biggest light bulb moment lately oh like yesterday anything say last like i'm a light bulber like the light bulb comes on so much um i i've been looking at email funnels and uh like my light bulb moment was that a nurture email funnel and a sales email funnel are both different a sales email funnel from a lead generator and a nurture email funnel are both different than what we really need because we need like an actual like inquiry email funnel that goes along with all the inquiries. Let's break those down. Pardon? Let's break those down for, for people listening. So we've got lead yeah. gen and so you're, are yeah. you kind of grouping like lead gen sales, nurture sequence all together and then inquiry. No. sequence. No, no, no. So I just, I was so confused about what to do. You know, people are always like, you need to make an email funnel and take your clients through it. And I kept trying to make them and, you know, give away a lead generator, like a, you know, uh, what to wear for your senior session. And then, you know, put the, the, the things that would follow up afterwards with it. Or I was trying to make a monthly email, which is more of a nurture campaign. And I just, uh, I, I do um, the story. Uh, let's see what it's called. Uh, the story brand university. I can't think of what that it's called. Have you heard of it? I'm guessing it's by Donald Miller or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his uh, Business Made Simple University. That's what it is. And so it's only like $200, but they have this great email um, funnel uh, education in it. And I was watching that and it just totally simplified everything for me. So I realized what I need to do for my business and 
how to think about it all. It was just all super confusing. I didn't understand it. And so now I've, I've realized what I need to break it down. And so my most important thing to make is a set of emails to go to the clients that are not quite ready to book. So like a, like a not ready to book inquiry email set. You probably have one already because you're, you seem really organized. I, I have a couple different sequences. Yeah. yeah but it's, yeah, it's interesting yeah. because I, a lot of photographers say we're, we don't want, we don't want to do emails because seniors don't read them. Right. And, and I get that. I think that a lot of seniors necessarily don't, maybe don't read them, but I also think that we're writing emails in the completely wrong way and not getting them to read them. Because if you've seen, I actually book quite a high percentage of people off of my email list that's kind of a combination of just a nurture. And I almost use it as a deeper client experience for them to learn even more broken down into bite-sized information that's literally like a 15-second read email. Yeah. 30 seconds. And so it's interesting to see you putting more time to email because I do think that there's a lot of merit behind email as a sales and a brand tool. And I think that a lot more photographers should be utilizing it. Yeah, it it is interesting. I think too, it's always been tricky for me because I've had, um, like I, I have a really great uh, family business too. And so, and then I used to shoot all the covers of a local children's, like the top local children's magazine. And then I used to shoot lots of babies. You know, I think as you go through your, your own life cycle, your clients kind of follow that. And so uh, I just never knew who to email, you know, like who to email because a senior email is way different than a baby email. And I need to make 10 different things. And I, you know, it was just way too much work. Senior email is different than a baby email. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Um, so you know, it was a lot of work. So that's been the thing, like my word of the year for my business is automate. And so just figuring out what to automate and how we're actually can utilize it day to day in the businesses because I don't do all of that. I have, you know, uh, my studio manager does all of that. Um, you know, we have to work through like how it will work and what, what she thinks is going to work well. Well, and that's the same thing for why it's so important to have these systems, especially when you have multiple people, because it could be you, it could be your studio assistant, it could be a number of people actually touching it. And so having those systems in place is immensely needed. Yeah. 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 So that's where I'm at. My aha, my light bulb moment is the thing that I need to do next because I always have so many ideas of things I want to do. And so that helped me to figure out the very next thing to do. I love it. I think the idea of doing a sequence for people who aren't ready to book is crucial for every single photographer out there. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you see yourself going next in your business or your life? Hmm. Oh, sorry. Why well, just <laughs> buzzing your window? <laughs> a big fly. I'm trying to fly out my big window. Yeah. Um, well, so, you know, uh, let's see. It was eight years ago that, I, that we moved uh, from a small town to a, essentially Kansas City. And uh, we moved our family and uh, then... I, I had a, I was in a, like an 8,000 square foot studio space, all kinds of amazing things. And then I went to a little garage with like plexiglass over the door. Uh, and I've built up from there. And uh, so now I, uh, in August and we're in the spring. So, you know, like eight months ago, I bought my studio building 
that I had been renting that is 2,500 square feet of commercial space and then also has a, um, a condo upstairs. And I rent that out. Um, and so uh, next for me is to pay for that. <laughs> And we have a 12-year-old, so six more years of having uh, kids for sure dependent on us. We're, we told them all we're going to kick them out at 18, but I don't I, – I like – once they turn 18, then I like them. I'm like, yeah. well, now I really – I want you to stay around. Now you, can, now you can stay here. Yeah, yeah, I really like you. So, um, so as far as what I see going next um, – so my studio, I really like to develop people that work for me. Everyone who's worked for me, unless they didn't, you know, like, unless I fired them within a day or two, they, most of them have worked for me for like eight or 10 or 12 years. Like it's a really long process. And so I really like developing people. And so I'm, what I would like to see happen is for the business to grow more, more shooting more, um, developing more in our like business to business um, as far as like uh, photography education and um, photographing like local businesses. I have, I have like five different directions that I want to grow. So, and I want people to work for me that I can um, develop. Yeah. Super cool. Mm -hmm. um, as we kind of wrap up, I always like, I'll give you a second to think about this because sometimes I put people on the spot, but I'm going to have you ask one question to everyone listening so you can kind of get a it can be about business it can be about life literally anything it can be a selfish question if there's a little you know poll that you want to post or questionnaire or whatever um but before we get there what is one piece of advice that you would give to photographers who are maybe just starting or looking to take that next step in their business hmm Um, what percentage of the photographers would you guess are women or the listeners? Probably like a 65, 35 split, if not more. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would assume it's even more. Um, but I, I'm going to speak to the women here in my advice, especially the ones that are starting because, uh, young men like you, if you're going to be a photographer, you charge for it. This is your job. You're, you're going to have to, we may not be in the society we used to be, but still a man who's going to do a job is like, I'm going to have to pay for things. I've got to take care of things. I, if you, if I, if I'm going to do this, I need to make as much as I would working for someone else. So women devalue themselves, um, across the board. And, uh, I love men and my sons and I, I, I don't I don't ever want to say like women are better or anything like that but but I think women devalue themselves they don't they don't value their time and so my advice is if you're starting into the business you need to get paid and you should not do it and and not not do it and not get paid enough I have a friend who's a photographer and we've talked multiple times she does it on the side and she cleans houses to make the majority of her money. And she does good photography and charges less than what she does to clean a house. She's picking up gross stuff off of people's bathroom floors instead of saving up money to send her kids to college. And I just think that is so wrong. That is so wrong. And if you're going to spend the time and the money and the energy to learn how to do this business, then um, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to the photography industry and you owe it to your clients 
to make money. And I said last question, but I want to riff off this a little bit because I think it's a really important topic. Yeah. What do you think needs to happen for those individuals who don't value themselves to just kind of wake up? I think they need to realize that people expect to spend twelve to $1,500. That's just expected. Everywhere in the U.S., you can get twelve to $1,500, especially the small towns, because they will put pictures on their walls. <laughs> the people in the fancy cities won't put the pictures on their walls a lot of times. And so I think there's, there's just, there should be a industry standard of what we expect people to spend, honestly. I think the $4,000 range will uh, make your business, uh, make you get less clients because people will talk too much. And, and, and so if you're doing a $4,000 average, you need to be careful because that's gonna, um, there's gonna be attrition. But, but between 1,500 to 4,000, 1,200 to 4,000, 1,000 to 4,000, whatever, that can, that can give you a business. And people, people need to pay that much for two to three hours of your shooting time and editing and sales. Yeah. I know you and I are both right in that range and we've seen our businesses really be able to thrive and be profitable that way. And I think it's, you know, I think that you as a photographer who's charging $2,000 can have just as many clients as the photographer that's charging $200. And I truly believe that as long as you know, obviously your skills are at a point where people feel comfortable and trust you with a camera, but I think it's very doable. I don't think that, I think a lot of photographers think, if I charge less, I'll book more. And I think that that's not necessarily always the case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times if you're doing the cheaper sessions, you're shooting on the evenings, you're shooting on the weekends, you're taking away from your family, you're editing, you know, until midnight. I don't do any of that. I read until midnight and I watch TV with my family, you know, like you'd, it, it is, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not valuing yourself enough and you just have to get the guts to do it. Yeah. Agreed. Kai, where can people find you on, on the interwebs? Well, I sent you a whole bunch of links, <laughs> so it depends on what you want to know about me. Um, I have a personal Instagram account that I uh, actually post a lot of senior pictures on. That's my name at Kaya Bondurant. And then I have a senior Instagram account. Um, it's at Style Muse Magazine. And so those would be the first two places you could go. Um, I just made a uh, Facebook group. I've never had one before called Kaya. I think it's Kaya's Facebook friends or Kaya Bondurant's Facebook friends. I don't remember. So new, you don't even know the name. So we'll No, no, it's seriously, it is that new. And it's yeah. not going to be like a, I, I want it to just be like a, where I push out my ideas, push out information. So if you want to have like, you know, access to me as a photographer but I mean I like to talk to people and I like to make friends so people can dm me anywhere yeah so yeah super cool and then I didn't forget what's that one question that you want to ask our our listeners if you're listening on the podcast you can screenshot this and tag at Kaya Bondurant and myself and senior style guide well just so we can see your response and answer the question over there or if you're in the youtube comments just comment down below and we'll comment right back. But um, what is that one question that you want to ask our viewers? I would like for your listeners, our listeners today to go to their um, social media or onto their phone and ask what three words would you use to describe me and or my style, my shooting style or my personal style. So what three words would you use to describe me? The reason that I think that's an important question to ask is because 
um, as you move in your photography journey, a lot of, we all start out copying what we've seen and that's just the way you learn as an artist. Uh, but then as you, uh, as you grow in your business and as you grow in your craft, uh, differentiating yourself and uh, showing who you are and your personality and your work is important. So when I did that, my three words, and I used to do um, women's events where I would do like a booth and people would walk by and talk to me and they would always say this to me. They would say, your photography is so vibrant. I love all of your colors. Uh, so my words are vibrant, authentic, and inspirational. So those three words are what I use to uh, to give direction to my business and my photography. So I would love to hear and see what everyone's three words are. I love it. And it's mine. One of mine is actually the same as yours, which is authentic, but modern mm -hmm. and clean are the two are the three. Very different. Mine yeah. is not clean. My authenticity authenticity is intentionally like messy yeah. and you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I love that question. I think it's good. And um, one of the tips that, I always give photographers when they were like first, when they're first trying to find their style mm -hmm. is I, you, like you said, people always get so caught up in copying others and trying to emulate people that they see as success. And that's totally okay when, you know, to get you a first direction, yeah. but over time, like you said, you need to differentiate yourself. And so for those struggling to break out, what I even say is go to your Instagram feed and find like the three or five photos that you really loved creating, like that just resonate with you that you wish every single, every single session you could produce that type of photo and really hone in on that and use that as your direction too. But that pairing that with the three, with the three words, yeah. I think you're going to see immense success in changing the trajectory of your business potentially. So thank you so much for being on. That was absolutely amazing. And I'm sure that, there are tons of individuals who are going to be messaging you with their three words and uh, yes. reaching out Thank to you me. about that. Thank you so much. And uh, for everyone listening, we'll see you guys on the next episode of Real Talk. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for having me. That wraps it up for this episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. We are so excited that you guys are joining us and just want to say a heartfelt thank you. I know that there are so many podcasts out there that you guys have the option to listen to. And it really means the world that you're joining us and giving us a part of your day and really just joining in on part of the conversation and, and the community. In addition, make sure that you guys are joining us over on Facebook in the Senior Style Guide group over there, where photographers from all throughout the country contribute, give their input and their advice and their experiences to help other photographers learn and grow. We'd love for you to join us over there as well. So all you have to do is search Senior Style Guide on Facebook, ask to be added to the group, and we'll make sure that you guys get to be a part of the conversation over there. If you haven't had a chance to hit the subscribe button below, please take a second to do that really quick. What that does is it makes sure that you guys keep up to date on all of the content that we're putting out there. We have tons of Real Talk episodes coming to you guys throughout the year from leaders and other photographers that you would love to hear from. So we want to make sure that you do not miss a single episode of that. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. Thank you guys for joining us. And we cannot wait to have you as part of the listening experience for future podcasts. Looking forward to seeing you guys on the next episode and we'll see you around.